Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm so glad you're tuning in, especially today, because we have a really special episode, something I've never done on the podcast before. The first part of this podcast is for you, the parent. And then about halfway through, we're going to invite you to have your child join in and tune into the episode with you. Why? I invited Katie and Carly from We Talkers on to the podcast. Their whole mission is to support parents in supporting their children's speech in really fun and connecting ways in everyday life. It's not overwhelming stuff. It's really simple with a huge impact. So the first part of the episode is going to be all about you and supporting you when it comes to supporting your kid's speech and giving you some really tangible strategies. And then you get to invite your child into the episode where we are going to be singing some really speech supportive driven songs with your child. And you're going to leave both feeling like you just had a great connecting time with each other and you learned something along the way. So glad you're tuning in. Let's dive in and let's meet Katie and Carly. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm a mom to three and licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm really glad that you took the time to hold space for you by tuning in to today's episode. My hope with this podcast is to share conversations with experts from around the world and parents who've been through it so that maybe you feel a little less alone in your experiences and the messy side of being a parent and being a human and so that you can walk away with supportive steps for what to do next. Listening to this episode is not a substitute for seeking support from a professional in your area. I believe that holding space and offering presence to both ourselves and others is truly one of the most meaningful ways that we can express care. And you are so deserving of that care. All right, are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, Katie and Carly. Oh my gosh, this is a long time coming. Like we've I just feel like I've been connected to the two the two of you for so long through Instagram and just have loved connecting with you in DMs, on email. We've even like done some Zoom calls with each other. And this is so nice to finally get a chance to record a podcast episode together. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, of course. We're so happy to be chatting with you. And we have learned as parents like just a lot from you. And we appreciate your wisdom and your approachableness, if that's a word, like (laughs) those things don't go together very often. So we appreciate you. Uh Yeah. We're really happy to be here. I remember DMing DMing you when I first discovered your podcast and just being like, your voice is so soothing. Like it's just (laughs) so supportive. So to be here, like we've really been looking forward to this. And the feeling is so mutual. And I have to say, like, you know, I've been like kind of exploring more of the SEO stuff as I've been like stepping a little bit back from social media, at least in the capacity I used to. And I know you and I have talked about SEO and how folks can find us in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I... I'm so grateful to you two, the SEO queens. Like you wrote a blog post about like your top podcast for moms. And now when you search up top podcasts for moms, holding space shows up and it's, I think it's really connected to one of your blog posts and just how the amazing, like how many people must go to your website going for information to learn more from you and how the internet Google like spirits or whoever is in control of that, like, is like, this website is legit. And this legit website says that this podcast is legit. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to name it as a top podcast for moms. And so I just think that speaks on different levels of the important work that you're putting out there. So thank you. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. We love that. We, this work is so important that you do. So we love that it brings, hopefully brings more and more people your way. Well, thank you. And mm-hmm. let's let's give the Holding Space listener a chance to get to know the two of you and the work that you do through We Talkers. So Katie Carly, could you introduce yourself? What lights you up? Tell us a little bit about you and your families and the work that you do. 
Okay, so yeah, we're Katie and Carly, pediatric speech-language pathologists, and we've been doing this for a long time now. We have 25 years combined experience working in early intervention, and um, a big focus of that is actually parent coaching. Like I think sometimes people think speech therapy for kids, you know, you bring them in and then the therapist like waves a magic wand and it's all good. But actually a lot of what we're doing is teaching family. So when we're working one-on-one, we would think oftentimes like, we wish we could share this information with more people. We think the tips and strategies and ideas could be supportive for all families, not just those in speech therapy. And we wanted to like reach a broader audience. And that's kind of how We Talkers was born. Um, And I live in Vancouver, BC, and I have two little girls. And Katie and I, I'll let her introduce herself, but we actually met on Instagram. Um, So, you know, there's negative things, obviously, with social media, but a lot of super positive things as well. And one of them is, you know, bringing us together. So, yeah, and this is Katie. I'm Katie, and I um, live in Phoenix, Arizona. I have four kids. My youngest is two, and then I have a seven, almost eight-year-old, and a nine-year-old, and um, oh, and I forgot about my five-year-old, my sweet five-year-old. He just started kindergarten, skipped right over him, classic middle child. (laughs) But um, so yeah, we, we love our our gig. We feel so lucky to be able to work with families and um, make a small difference in their life. It's truly a privilege. So Mm -hmm. that's us. Well, I am so grateful to all that you share and all that I've learned from you through the different platforms that you have. And speech therapy holds a special place in my heart. I, I went to speech therapy as a child um, I had a tongue thrust and mm. I still remember some of the like little like exercises and such that, that the speech therapist would have me do and like looking in the mirror and I, I have those memories. And then when my oldest, when her preschool teacher noticed some things and had their, our, the school speech therapist come in and do a little assessment and then talk to me about it. I was, I was really resistant. I, I think that there was a lot that I actually didn't know about when it comes to different ways that speech therapists could support a child. And what they were picking up on was some expressive and receptive processing challenges. And it just, it didn't feel right at the time. I think I was resistant and, you know, and they said, like, we can, we can hold off and, and kind of, you know, um, give it a year and check back in next year. And I was like, let's do that. And then <laughs> the next year, her teacher came during our parent-teacher conference with, you know, a list of things that she had noticed and really recommended a speech assessment. And then, oh my gosh, the guilt at that point um, that came up for me, like, we could have been doing this already for this past year because yes, we did the assessment, and yes, there there was some challenges there that you know we were then getting her support around. Um, so there was a lot of uh, guilt around that. And what I will say though is now looking back, right? Like we just we there wasn't there wasn't enough awareness and mm-hmm. around what it was that they were picking up on right like i mm-hmm. i i was confused by what they were describing and how speech was going to support that i didn't feel like they really understood how smart my kid was it kind of felt mm-hmm. like that was being questioned mm-hmm. and i think that brought up stuff for me that made me resistant but now it's so cool to see her going into 6th grade next year and i remember the speech therapist saying really explain, like taking time to then explain this to me, what expressive respect, expressive and receptive processing challenges were and how it looks now, but how it could then be something that really shows up in like fourth and fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see her fourth, fifth grade, now going into sixth grade, having gone through speech therapy, um, you know, completed that work and hearing her 
teachers reflect back to us how descriptive she is and how mm-hmm. um, see her confidence when she gets up and speaks in front of folks to see her and I have conversations about abstract concepts like beauty, right? And to be able to talk about it in a way that I feel like she's really able to describe with her words, her experience, and I'm able to use words that then she's able to receive and process and understand and ask questions around, oh my gosh, like life changing for her and for our relationship. And once I knew more, I was able to be more proactive, right, with that insight. Mm -hmm. And so then with our son, you know, we got even earlier intervention for him. And then with our youngest, even earlier intervention for her, we had a speech therapist come into our home um, when she was one and a half, um, almost two, and then and then into her being two. And that was a lot of work for me, right? Like mm-hmm. it wasn't just like waving the wand. It was like me learning <laughs> yes. some of these things I could really support her with even earlier on. And I, what I love about the work that you both are doing is you're bringing that in, that awareness and that education mm-hmm. to uh-huh. parents so that if there is something that they notice on their own or a provider notices or a teacher notices, they have some context from which to kind of draw on when mm-hmm. they begin to notice those things or something is shared with them. Because I didn't have that context you know, I, I had my own conception of speech therapy based on my own experience, but I didn't have mm-hmm. the context of what we know now and all the ways we could be supporting kids even earlier and with a variety of different challenges. And so I'm just so grateful to you all and just so excited to introduce you to the listener so that they can begin to learn more from you today and beyond. <laughs> Yeah, I think that you're definitely not alone in that kind of misconception. I think that it is not common knowledge um, for families to understand how language is so intertwined um, throughout all facets of life. And Carly and I are big advocates of like, yes, it will help them academically, but no matter what they do in life, like it will help with their you know, persuasive abilities with with one another that will help with getting their wants and needs understood in a way that makes sense to others. Like it's not just about, oh, they'll score in the top, you know, 90% of their class or something like that. While that is cool, it's not our goal in life Um, for the kids that we work with. It's just to do the things that they want to do in an effective way that helps them be more Mm. of who they are and communicate that to others. So Um, We definitely run into this a lot where parents just have this idea of like, oh, you just like work with kids who need help with their S's and their R sounds. And it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, some therapists do. And that is what they focus on. And then there's others like us who focus Mm -hmm. a little bit more on the language side of things and um, how that interacts with the rest of their life. So, Mm -hmm. And thank you, Dr. Cassidy, for sharing that story because that helps so many families. We This comes up all the time um, with the work we do with We Talkers, people just feeling that, that, you know, guilt or like I could have done this or that or, you know, there's so many levels to that. So we really appreciate you sharing that story. And then you're, you know, you're past these years and just looking back and kind of just processing that out loud with us. So thank you for, for doing that. I can't wait for our community to hear this conversation. So mm-hmm. thanks. All right. Well, today's episode is going to be unique, and I'm so excited for this. So the structure of today's episode for the listener is Katie, Carly, and I are going to spend some time with just you, the parent, here in the first half of this episode. And then we're actually going to invite you to bring your child into the um, conversation and to tune in with us. And, you know, you can navigate that whatever whatever way feels good. If you want to first just listen to it on your own, or if you want to hit pause and, you know, once you're with your kiddos later in the afternoon or tomorrow, like, you know, tune back in and bring them in. But we are going to make this really interactive where you can invite your kid into tuning into the episode and learning right along with all of us. And so I'm so excited. Um, This first little portion here, though, is just for you, the parents. Um, And then we'll let you know when, you know, you can hit pause or when you can invite your kids to come in and tune in with us. And so 
what I'd love to start off with, Katie and Carly, is just kind of giving parents a sense of where they can be even begin to start when it comes to tuning into speech and language development and supporting their kids. And I know that there's so much like that comes in terms of like context of, you know, age and uh, milestones and all of that good stuff. But let's just like, what would be your ideal intro? You know, like, let's say that like I was, I, I got a chance to go back in time and bring you with me and have a conversation with me, right? Like when my oldest was, you know, in her toddler years or even earlier, right? Like when would you want, when would you want to come and talk to me? And like, what would you say, you know, so that I could go into, you know, a meeting with this teacher and this assessment with some context that, um, that I could have pulled from. Okay. So I think the most important thing that Carly and I would communicate is that it is so important and crucial to meet kids where they're at, no matter where that is. Um, The only way to get to the next step is to meet them where they're at. So if your child is pointing to things or pulling you to what they want and you feel like they should be using words, you have to meet them in that grunting and pulling and pushing you and showing you with your with their body what they want um, in in order to move to that next step. So meeting kids where they're at, acknowledging the communication that they are attempting um, is really important. So if your child is having trouble with communicating, um, you might just notice what they're attempting to communicate. And in that noticing, trying to put words to it that maybe they would use if they could use it. And toddlers especially are really good at letting you know when you're off base or not even close. So if you're (laughs) worried about guessing, um, I don't think you have to worry because they're pretty good at letting you know that you were wrong, (laughs) or at least mine have been. So I think that um, kind of, you know, if they're pointing or pulling you to something, you might say something like, oh, you want the crackers? Do you want me to open the cabinet to get you the crackers? That is meeting them where they're at. You're not saying like with the crackers in front of, above their head, like say crackers, I'll only give you a cracker if you say crackers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that would not be meeting them where they're at, but just kind mm-hmm. of showing them where they are, what they're saying and where they could go next sometimes is, um, is where we start. Hey there, a quick word about our sponsor before we get back to the episode. Cozy Earth is one of my favorite brands from their joggers to their pajamas. I am wearing Cozy Earth to school, pick up and drop off. I'm wearing Cozy Earth to record this podcast episode right now. I'm wearing Cozy Earth to bed. And you know who else is? My husband. We're both huge fans. He runs hot. I'm always cold. And somehow the viscose from bamboo material just suits us both. It's amazing. I think it makes a great gift for yourself or for someone that you love. Cozy Earth has been featured on Oprah's Favorite Things. All their products are made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo. They craft luxury goods that transform your lifestyle. You definitely want to check them out. Cozy Earth has provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today, 35% off site-wide when you use the code DrCassidy35. Yeah, and we really, another thing that we like to focus on is really just building off their strengths and noticing their interests. Um, So with little ones, yeah, first learning to talk, it's instead of kind of pulling them away, like, oh, we want to show you this, we want to teach you this, like you need to learn your colors. It's more, yeah, following their lead and noticing their interests and what kind of draws them to things, even if that's a bug on the sidewalk or you know, a big truck going by. Those are kind of natural learning opportunities that we love to um, join our child in without adding like more and more to your plate. You know, we would never tell families, you have to sit down and do this exact thing. I mean, there's certain times we would maybe give some specific homework or something, but we would more focus on like layering language into those daily interactions and routines. 
And it's not just because we prefer it that way or that's more our style, although it is. Um, It's like research shows that kids learn best this way. Like they learn in a context where they feel safe and not stressed out and they're interested. Um, They're going going to learn so much more than if we're trying to like pull them away, like Carly said, like, come look at this book, come read this thing. Um, And when we notice what they notice, it really does help them progress more. Um, And it just feels better, we think. Oh, 100%. One of the like main like pillars in family therapy and as I'm I'm a marriage and family therapist, so that's my training. But one of the main pillars is this idea that we cannot not communicate we're always communicating, you know? So mm-hmm. folks will come in and they'll say, you know, my my partner, like they just, they don't communicate with me or, you know, my child, my, my teen, they're not communicating with me, right? And it's like, we, we I, I know I know what you mean, right? Like I've, <laughs> I've been there and I've had those thoughts too. But what, what we also know is that as human beings, we're always communicating something Mm -hmm. even if I'm even if the teen isn't using their words right like their body language even if Mm -hmm. my partner you know walks away right like there's still there's still communication that's happening all the time through the different ways in which our body and our facial expressions and you know, our, what, what we turn towards, what we turn away from, it's always, we're always communicating. And so our children are doing the same mm-hmm. even before they have words. Oh, for sure. Communicate is what I'm it, hearing you say. Yeah. It's so complex. Like there's so, so much richness in communication. And I think that it comes out, like the concern starts to come up with like first words typically, or like they're not putting words together, but there is so much that you can look for under the surface that is huge and foundational. I mean, when your baby coos and you respond or your baby cries and you respond, they're learning that their communication has power and that Mm -hmm. is what motivates them to do more of it. Um, When kids don't feel seen or understood or, um, or acknowledged, like they tend to stop communicating in that way. And so um, it is, it is really powerful even when they don't have words. Mm. Mm-hmm. And as parents, I think that we are uniquely equipped to notice those little nuances, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and just to speak to the point you made about like the how effective it is just to meet them where they're at, right? Mm-hmm. And to kind of in the natural day-to-day like relationship and experience together, like using those Mm -hmm. moments as opportunities to um, begin to introduce some of these uh, communication skills, right? And support them in developing those skills versus like, now perform, I need you to perform this. (laughs) And then you get this thing. I mean, just yesterday I was playing with my toddler and um, we we get the Love Every subscription and like the, one of the most recent boxes came with this um, toy where she can put little pegs in based on the number with the card and then she can pull a lever and like the pegs fall through and we were, she mm-hmm. loves it. And we were, we were we, at first we were just pretend, playing that it was like a birthday cake because her birthday's mm-hmm. coming soon. And so the pegs were candles. We would sing and then she'd blow it out and then she'd pull the thing and it went and then it went through. Right. Oh, and we just we were using the card that had the number three on it. And then I, you know, <laughs> was like, let's not in my mind. I'm like, now let's make this a learning opportunity. Forgetting like forgetting the fact that she's literally already learning. <laughs> But um, I just had that moment and I was like, now let's count how many, one, what comes next? And like, she just was not interested in that. And Mm -hmm. she, she like, she turned her body away and she went and kind of grabbed another toy and started playing with something else. And, and, and then I, and then I noticed like that there was kind of like this like fun moment where learning was totally happening all of a sudden got a little pressured, you know? And, and that's just like, and there's been, there's been moments where like she wants to show off her counting skills and like, it's fun or whatever. But in that moment, no, she didn't like that, that kind of pressured expectation, um, that pressured speech expectation, right. And like Mm -hmm. knowledge expectation, it, it, 
it was not the time. <laughs> and it, and it mm-hmm. actually took away from a moment where learning was already happening. And, you know, I was able to kind of notice it, catch it for myself and kind of moved on with her to the next um, thing, you know, the play, because it was like our 15 minutes of just focused child-led play was the kind of the goal. And, you know, I, I got a little off track there and I noticed yeah. it and then regrouped, right? Like, um, mm-hmm by noticing and listening to her body language and then recognizing just, you know, my own, my own parts that wanted to like, you know, teach something in that moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. That's, yeah. It's so typical. We all do that. You know, one thing we often tell families is decrease the amount of questions you're asking and increase the amount of comments you're making, whether you're just noticing like you were like, oh, there's birthday candles. That is going to be more effective in teaching language than, you know, how many or, you know, like you noticed for yourself. Those comments are very valuable for not only relationship building, I I think, but also like vocabulary building from a language Mm -hmm. aspect, like more of our um, kind of focus. So yeah, if that is like, if you have a toddler who's in this stage, like one to two, even up to age three, try making that switch of making more comments rather than kind of that quizzing. And you'll see a lot more growth around vocabulary and use of sentences and things like that. And like you noticed, it it kind of shut down that interaction. Mm-hmm. And in your mind, I would I would assume because this happens for me, I'm like, oh, I know you know this, or I want like mm-hmm. I'm I'm eliciting yeah. something from you. Like we're gonna have more of a connection, but it's like yeah. it ends up having the opposite effect where they kind of like shut down and move on. And you're like, oh, I was hoping this was gonna be an interaction, and it wasn't. And it is kind of counterintuitive. Like, well, yeah. if I want them to talk, I ask them a question you know, and, and, um, yeah. and that seems like that should make sense. And so you are not alone in that if you're listening and, and feel like, oh gosh, I do ask a lot of questions. Like all of us do, but it is something that is counterintuitive, but really does work to just kind of notice and, um, give them the words they might say if they could say it and chat mm-hmm. about the world around them. It is really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, the intent, right? Like the intent mm-hmm. behind it is to connect and yeah. to support. And that, but sometimes intent and impact don't always <laughs> line up, you know? Yeah. Like well I remember um, when I was a, a baby therapist, so like, you know, I wasn't licensed yet and I was still training and I had a supervisor who, and we would like, like we would film sessions and like we got a lot of supervision around our work, right? Like there's just a lot that goes into training to become a therapist. And I, I my intent in those beginning sessions was to connect and support. And I would do that with a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had a supervisor who actually said, Cassidy, next session you go into, I want you to think of this. I want you to wait. W-A-I-T. And ask yourself, why am I talking? <laughs> And, and, you know, I've never like, heard that. That's so yeah. and, and, and it's something that just like it still pops up for me sometimes. Like I sometimes there's a part of me that's a little more of a buzzy part of me, a little more of an anxious part of me that still has this really um, a really value informed intent of connection and support. But it comes with a little bit more of like a stressful, buzzy energy around it. Mm-hmm. And when I notice that that's the part that's driving the dialogue and the communication, right? Oftentimes I have to pause and, and check in with like, okay, I know my intent is good, but what's the impact here? And mm-hmm. and oftentimes it's talking over, right? Like with my partner or with a client, it's not, it's not just like letting there be silence for a moment for mm-hmm. a feeling to just be felt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, with my kids, right? Whether it's my toddler or my tween, right? It's, it's, it's filling up the space when maybe there's something here that I could be stepping back and just holding space for or observing. Um, and yeah, it has a little bit more of a buzzy feel to it. And yeah. I, I just think that that kind of helps me tune into my body, like kind of like, wait, why isn't she, you know, that you know, this, you know, what comes next one, two, mm-hmm. yeah. right. And I'm even like pausing to give her a chance, but she's just like, it's not having the impact. 
that right. I'm intending, right? It's not, we're not actually connecting here. And that little buzziness helps me and my body kind of sense like, well, maybe I can slow down here and like, and, and regroup. Yeah, that's so true. And just like how you said, even even beyond those toddler years, it's like I can sit in silence pretty well with a toddler because I feel pretty confident and comfortable that this is like, this is right. But when I have, you know, my kindergartner come home from his first day of school, I'm like, I can't let there be silence. I've got to like pepper him with questions because I got to know, <laughs> like, I don't feel as comfortable in this space. So I think it definitely, like, that's a great way to kind of check in with yourself um, to see like what, like you said, the, the intent is good. It's, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's connection based. It's just doesn't have the impact that you desire. He yeah. told me when I asked him the first day of school, like all the questions, he's like, mom, I don't have to tell you everything. I was yeah. like, oh, I think I might've so said cute. that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think for, you know, back to, like for kids, for parents of children with speech and, and or language delays, there that inner that buzzy energy can kind of come up because you feel like I need to be doing something. So I think it can be a little bit harder to even sit in that space, like wait a little bit, see how they're what the child's doing and kind of following their lead because the parent starts to feel a little more like desperate and that pressure can come out. And yeah, and it's it can be challenging for sure. That's a good point. Okay. So we're tuning in to ourselves. We're tuning in to what, what like where they are, where they're at right now. Yeah. And then let's say we we notice where they're at. So they're they're pointing, right? Yeah. Um, and and then so we notice that they're pointing. We notice that they're there's something that that they're really interested in. And and then what what next, right? Like what 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 would we kind of follow that with? Okay, so the next step would be kind of layering on words that are simple and kind of stand out in these initial stages. And you want to model the language for them that they would say if they could. So it would be something like, you know, water, please, or, you know, baby, please. They may want their little baby doll toy or something like that. And not having that expectation that they'll copy you perfectly, but maybe they'll make a sound. Maybe they'll um, say part of the word. We want to celebrate all of that. We want to keep communication very positive. Notice those little small steps and yeah, you just model without expectation that they'll kind of do it because like we've been talking about, the pressure can feel like a lot. So, and even if they don't try, like even if they don't attempt to say what you said, you can know that modeling it is a strategy. Like saying those words, you are doing something. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, like repetition is how kids learn language. So the more that they hear water in the context of like, you know, my cup of water, this is what it looks like in my kitchen. Like they're going to start to associate the word water with what they're visually seeing or experiencing. And so that repetition, some kids just need more of it than others. And sometimes parents who have children with speech and language delays feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over and they're not getting it. But Mm -hmm. kids with speech and language delays need a lot more repetition. And so if you're saying water, please, you know, three times a day, it's not really that much that you're saying it, even though you probably feel like you're doing it all the time. They just need that repetition. So repetition does pay off. Um, mm-hmm. Take heart with that. Yeah. As a mom to three, my partner and I find that one of the biggest struggles we have faced in our relationship is navigating sharing responsibilities and the mental load. And I know that we're not alone because this shows up with all of my clients and in every podcast episode, the mental load of parenting shows up in some way or another. Enter the scene, coexist. Coexist is the app that's revolutionizing how couples manage the mental load of household tasks and childcare. It's like having a personal assistant right in your pocket, helping you and your partner effortlessly share tasks, plan meals, collaborate on lists, and even give each other kudos along the way. 
Here's the cherry on top for my amazing community coexist is offering an exclusive deal. Sign up for a two week free trial before June 15th, and you'll get 15% off the annual plan on iOS with the code Dr. Cassidy 15. So what are you waiting for? Really take that first step towards a more harmonious home life today. Download coexist on Android or iOS at getcoexist.com. The load in our home has been feeling a little bit lighter since downloading Coexist, and yours can feel lighter too when you download the Coexist app at getcoexist.com. Since becoming a parent and as I've gotten older, I've become a lot more mindful of the supplements and products that I use, and that's why I love Peary. These are natural food supplements that I trust completely. Let's talk a bit about collagen. So collagen is so important for our bodies, but our natural production of it slows as we get older. So I've learned. And quality supplements support our muscle, bone, and joint health. Recently, I've been taking Puri's CP1 Pure Collagen Peptides. It was number one out of 28 collagens tested by the Organic Consumers Association and Clean Label Project. There are enough hard decisions that we make every day as parents, and this makes Puri an easy choice. See and feel the difference with Puri. I know you'll love their supplements as much as I do. Puri is offering my listeners an amazing deal, 20% off site-wide. Just go to my special URL, puri.com backslash Dr. Cassidy, and use my promo code Dr. Cassidy. So go to P-U-O-R-I.com slash Dr. Cassidy. Don't miss out. Use promo code Dr. Cassidy at puri.com backslash Dr. Cassidy. I, you know, my, um, my mantra for the year has been, it's enough. I'm enough and it's Uh enough. And I think that what I, what I gather from what you're sharing right now is like, just you, just you modeling it. It's enough. It's Mm -hmm. enough. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think that like another thing that's coming up for me as I just kind of reflect on our own history with speech therapy and, you know, having no concept of like what expressive expressive and receptive challenges can be and how that might look different than like the actual, like, you know, producing speech and Mm -hmm. making Mm -hmm. speech sounds and the correct sounds and, um, and, and also then how they're interrelated. You know, I think, I I can all feel so overwhelming at times. Like, you know, I follow a lot of providers on Instagram as I, I'm assuming the listener probably does too. And we just, we have so much more information at our fingertips. And I think that one of the things that I try to remind myself of, and I want the listener to hear is that it's not your job to be a speech therapist, right? Mm -hmm. It's not your Mm -hmm. job to be a nutritionist. It's not your job to be your child's therapist, right? Like, I think that, I think that it's really easy to take all the information and feel like I have to hold all of this in my mind and be doing all of these things to give my child the best opportunities and, and to support them the best. And I think that sometimes like what's enough is, is like taking in the information and then knowing that like there are people out there that are trained to support your kid, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. and to support you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. For some reason, I I felt like with this call to share that as well, that like, it's not your job to be your child's speech therapist, right? Like, and that's why one of your missions is to actually support the parents as Mm -hmm. well as the child. Does that, is that, I don't know. what, What do you take from that? Yeah, we absolutely agree. We don't we we don't think it's the parent's job and I think it's really challenging for people to kind of be piecing things together on social media when it's there's no like context. Like you know how that is, Cassidy, like trying to write an Instagram post and it's like obviously you can't include all the nuance and every child's yes. different oh and gosh. and it I think that if parents are at that stage where they're just trying to piece it all together, it can be way too much. So we definitely recommend if you're noticing that your child 
is having challenges around communication. Like there's free early intervention services available. You can call your local state early intervention and get aligned with somebody. Or, you know, you can join like our course and we provide support with families through Zoom calls so we can really like dig in and kind of see because we can get questions answered like a lot quicker than you trying to piece it together with blogs and Instagram and all that because everybody's situation is a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, so it's not, it's not the parent's job to know, like, it's not, it's not your job to be like, I need to know exactly like if, like what expressive respective respective language processing disorder is and like what to look for. Right. Like yeah, your, like your job is to just, is to tune into your child, to, connect with the support that can help you find those referrals, right? Like mm-hmm. to understand the more nuance of your child's experience and how you could be supporting your child is by activating those support systems, right? And and social media can be a great place to like help build that bridge of like making that connection. Majority of my clients find me through Instagram, right? So I love that. Mm -hmm. And also providers that you already are connected to that know your child, right? So maybe there's, you know, your pediatrician or a chiropractor, or there's somebody in your life that works with you and your family and your child that might also have referrals to offer. Um, And as you're naming here, there's also oftentimes um, community-based, um, you know, structures and systems in place for early intervention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are, and there, and they can be so great. Sometimes, you know, I'm sure across like all disciplines, there's, that's one reason we felt so passionate about like putting out our programs and things like that, because sometimes people are waiting so long or they can't get what they need kind of through that. So it's great now like in this time that there's so many options out there. It's not like a one size fits all kind of thing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And I'll be sure to include links to those res- your resources and these resources in the show notes for the parents. And um, so I, I do want to, I do want them to leave our conversation with knowing that like you're, you're enough, you're doing enough. And yes. it's actually right. Like you have, you already have the like knowledge and wisdom just in knowing your child more so than than any expert would, mm-hmm. and and we can activate support so you can get help from somebody who this is their trained focus that yeah. this is their job right. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I mean yeah. we so agree. It's it's like I think parents are so good at noticing what their child's strengths are and and where they could use that extra support. And like you said, we live in this day and age where we kind of assume we can fill all those holes ourselves. And um, that's just a tall order on top of feeding your kids three square meals a day, a bajillion snacks. And, you know, like doing the laundry sometimes or it's, it's just, uh, it's like, gosh, no wonder we all feel like we're drowning because our expectations for what a parent does is so different than what it was 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, even sending them to school, I feel like, you know, a long time ago, parents would just send their kids to school and like the teachers took care of it all, you know, like the teachers disciplined the teachers. And I'm not saying that's good. I'm just saying it was different. Um, It was different. Yeah. hundred percent. We're going to get ready for bringing your kids in here in a second, but we just wanted to, um, talk about one aspect of our job that we love introducing to families. And um, it's it's basically singing simple songs and rhymes with them. We love how music is a connector. We love how it can slow language down. It can really k- get kids like making more sounds and having fun together with their families. And we, we really love incorporating that into our speech and language therapy sessions with little ones. So we wanted to share a little bit of that today. And this is like a little peek into what we do in our Songs and Stories membership, which is a, a basically like on-demand story time. Your child can watch us on video. We're going to do a little like audio version today just for fun. <laughs> yeah, Beautiful. I'm so excited. And like bonus, singing for you as the parent has regulating effects, right? So yes. Like, I'm feeling dysregulated. Like 
singing a song or putting on some music that I can belt out with my toddler love the frozen soundtrack right like it regulates yes. me too and then we're co-regulating and it's beautiful so yeah. I love like, yes. there's a reason that it. Daniel Tiger's mom sings like she sings <laughs> because it like just brings down the temperature a little bit yes. you can't be quite as upset when you're singing a song when you're singing like, it's, true. it's so true <laughs> yes yes we love it I'm pretty sure we have a whole blog post on like yes we love music for kids but this is why it's good for a parent like don't we Katie of <laughs> yeah, like all do. the reasons why um yeah. so yeah it's partially probably a lot for for us yeah. okay Katie's gonna start all right, friends, we're so happy that you're here joining us today. We're going to sing our hello song. So if you can get your hello hands ready, we're going to sing hello. Hello, <laughs> friends. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. We're glad you're here today. We're so glad that you're joining us. We're going to sing a song that has your name in it. So today I'm going to sing a song about one of my kids. His name is Shepard. But if your name is Logan or Nora, you can put your name into the song, okay? And you can sing that part really loud so that you don't have to hear the word shepherd. Are you ready? <laughs> or you can sing hooray for mama too or hooray for daddy. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Hooray for shepherd. Hooray for shepherd. Someone in the crowd is shouting hooray for shepherd. One, two, three, four. Who you gonna cheer for? Shepherd, that's who. Ra, ra, ra. Now we're gonna do mama. Are you ready? Hooray for mama. Hooray for mama. Someone in the crowd is shouting hooray for mama. One, two, three, four. Who you gonna cheer for? Mama. That's who. Good job. You sounded so nice. See, it's such a mood boost. Okay. All right, friends. So next up, we're going to sing a little song that you can use when you're putting on your shoes or you're going to brush your teeth or you're going to the park. You can put in whatever words work for what you're doing that day. So let's do it for washing our hands. Okay, it goes like this. This is the way we wash our hands, wash our hands, wash our hands. This is the way we wash our hands early in the morning. And you can also do it for fun, like body movements. So if you're, if you're home right now, do you want to jump up and down with me? Okay, can you stand up? Let's get our feet ready. We're going to jump. This is the way we jump up and down, jump up and down, jump up and down. This is the way we jump up and down in our home. Okay, so parents, you can see how I switched the ending. It doesn't really matter. You can make it your own. It's just for fun. Okay, let's do one more. Do you want to dance with me? Okay, let's dance together. Yeah, let's see your cool dance moves. Let's go. This is the way we dance around, dance around, dance around. This is the way we dance around in our home. Woohoo! I love those moves. So fun. So I can't wait to see what else you come up with using that little tune. A fun one too is toy cleanup. You can, this is the way we clean up our toys and you can race your mom or your dad or your special grown-up or your brothers and sisters or friends. So we like using that one too. Ooh, can I do one? Can I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So now Cassidy's going to join and she's going to sing one that she likes. And I have always felt like I don't really feel like I'm a good singer. And then, you know what? I decided that I don't have to be somebody who sings like you know, Miss Katie and Miss Carly to sing a song and to still experience all the benefits of singing. I just let it out now and it feels so good. So I'm going to share a song with all of you that has been, I've been singing with my kids for 
years now and we love to sing it before nap time or before bed or whenever we're just having a hard moment and we need a reminder that all of our parts are lovable. And this is the I Love You song. And so I'll share a version of it that we sing together sometimes, but when I say the part about the things that I love about you, you can fill that in with anything that you, mom, dad, or special grown-up love about your child. So it goes like this. I love you, love you, all the parts about you, your happy parts, your angry parts, your silly and your goofy parts. I love you, love you, all the parts about you, your scared parts, your shy parts, your loud and your shouting parts. So what we like to do is I'll scoop them up And sometimes I'll pat them on their back side to side as we sing that song. And we'll just fill in the parts that we love with any of the parts that just need reminding that day that they are lovable. And gosh, sometimes when I sing that song to my kids, there's even the little me inside who needed to hear those things too when she was little. And she gets to be reminded that those parts are lovable about her too. We love it so much. You want to sing goodbyes? Do you guys want to sing our goodbye song? Yes, let's do it. Okay, let's sing our goodbye song. It goes, see you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile. Give a hug, ladybug. Blow a kiss, jellyfish. Bye, friends. Thank you to the parents for tuning in. And I thank you so much, Katie and Carly, for joining us today. Where can folks find you so they can continue to connect with you and learn from you? Okay. So thanks again, Cassidy, for having us. And thanks, everyone, for listening. You can find us at wetalkers.com and at WeTalkers on Instagram. And yeah, we we are here. So feel free to email or reach out to us and we'd love to connect. Beautiful. I'll be sure to share those links in the show notes so you can head straight there to connect with Katie and Carly. Again, thank you so much for joining me and for this really fun and creative podcast episode. I'm so, so thrilled to have you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to know when future episodes air and go and explore some of those past episodes. Maybe there's a topic in there that you've really been wanting to learn more about. You can learn more about my private practice as well as my parenting courses and workshops at the link in the show notes. You held space for yourself today. You carved out the time and you tuned into this episode. I hope you take a moment to honor how meaningful that is. Yes, to me for sure, but also for you. Thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you next time.